Well, welcome to the Vol Bros. My name is Evan. This is my brother, Rustin. We are two Vol Bros who are actually bros in real life. Uh, what a day to be a Vol. My goodness, if you're looking for a slow news Sunday, this was not it for sure. Uh, my goodness, there's so much going on. We're going to get to all of it. But as we always do on a reaction show, we're going to start with what happened yesterday. So Rustin, first question of the night, what were your big takeaways from the game on yesterday and and everybody let us know in the comments what your takeaways were as well well i felt like everything we talked about thursday that we wanted to see is what we saw um i thought tennessee did a fantastic job dominating the line of scrimmage um anytime you rush for almost 300 yards 10 different guys carried the ball um two walk-ons carried the ball so that that should say everything we needed to say um 83 players played in the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it's always good when when you can start putting tons of walk-ons out there. Um, I, I thought the defensive line did a fantastic job, um, both, both in pass rush and in run support, especially run support. They were incredible in run support. Um, and I think probably the most – the the most telling thing of how Saturday went is today's stat lines. Tennessee is now the number one rushing offense and rushing defense in the SEC. When was the last time we could say that? Now, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, and, hey, maybe we can ask Bill Martin that because he's the one that tweeted that out. Uh, so, side note, that was really cool yesterday. If everybody goes back and looks. Uh, when Tennessee scored their third defensive touchdown of the day, I tweeted from our account and tagged Bill Martin in it. Bill Martin is the, he's essentially the SID for football. They call it the strategic communications director. Um, but SID, sports information director is basically what he is. And he's one of the most fascinating followers on Twitter because he tweets these so obscure, you know, hard to find tidbits of information in these stats. And so as soon as they scored, we tagged him and we said, we, Bill Martin, we need your investigative skills on this. You know, when, when, would, when did this happen? When was the last time Tennessee did this? Or for that matter, even had back-to-back pick sixes on consecutive possessions. And he replied to us during the game and said, we're looking now. <laughs> and so I wondered how many people he replied back to. And I was shocked to discover we were the only people he replied to saying, we're looking into it. So the stat that came out today, the graphic that Tennessee football released today about first time in program history, you know, I feel partly responsible for that. Now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not stupid. I know that they would have gone and looked for that stat anyway, but it was pretty cool that, you know, we might've been the tweet that spurred that on. That, that was pretty cool. Uh, my, my takeaways from the game. Uh, very, very impressed with Ricky Gibson. Uh, I thought he mm-hmm. played really, really well. Um, I was really, really happy for Tyler Barron. You know, he's had two scooping scores taken away from him over the last two seasons, uh, the most infamous of which was at Neyland last year in the Ole Miss game when the referee even indicated touchdown, and then they took it off the board. And so I was really happy for him that he was able to cash in on one for a change. Um but my goodness, what a play by Gabe Judy Lawley. That's actually my honorable mention play of the game. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. But that was just an incredible play all around by the defense. Uh, so let's see what folks got going on on their 
takeaways. Uh, let's see. Zach said, what's up, Vol Bros? I was close to a perfect prediction. Zach, you got to remind me what your prediction was. Rustin almost nailed it, too. Mm-hmm. Rustin predicted 59-10, and he was pretty doggone close. Uh, he I was, hit I was waiting. I was like, which walk-on safety is going to give up a touchdown here and make, make my score right? And Ricky just gave us a fun little comment that we'll get to here in a minute. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Zach said 63-13. Yeah, that's pretty close. That was pretty close. Uh, let's see. Zach said the defense was great. The offense was great. And Nico looked like a qu- the quarterback of the future. I 100% agree with everything Zach just said. That was my biggest takeaway from the day was, like Rustin said, if you go back and watch our show on Thursday night, my prediction or what I said I wanted to see was what we should see. And that is Tennessee should dominate every aspect of this game. It should not be close. Um, you know, this should be a total complete football game and that's what we saw and so that was incredibly encouraging because tennessee did what they were supposed to do that's vitally important um, because that translates into other victories when the team does what they're supposed to do uh oreo puppy dog welcome buddy he said my new favorite player is elijah simmons (laughs) uh and and he's a great singer too absolutely (laughs) he had a really good day he did uh, Kelly, good to have you, Kelly. He says, sup, bros, back-to-back 3.30 games the next two weeks. That is correct. And that was actually one of the news tidbits we were going to share later. Uh, so I'm glad you went ahead and said it. Um, tonight, or This afternoon, it was announced that Tennessee would have 3.30 game this week in Columbia, Missouri, and next week against Georgia in Neyland. Uh, many people were like, how in the world did Tennessee-Missouri get the 3.30 game over Ole Miss and Georgia? Well, it apparently is in the contract with CBS that a SEC team can only have five games per season on and during the regular season on the CBS three, you know, CBS time slot. Well, Georgia has already had four. And so if essentially and and you know what, this is a compliment to Tennessee, because essentially CBS had to choose. They they could either do all miss Georgia this week or Tennessee Georgia next week. And they chose Tennessee, Georgia. And so because of that, Tennessee got uh, the the game this up this week as well against Missouri. So yep. uh, back-to-back games on the 3.30 time slot on CBS. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said everyone looked good yesterday. I agree. Uh, it was really encouraging to see so many people get so much playing time. Uh, really, really encouraging. Doug, welcome, Doug. He said, hope everyone has a great week. I'll have to watch the replay because I got to go to bed early. My question is, if it comes down to a last drive, would you want Tennessee to be on offense or defense? Oh, oh, gosh. I always want to be on defense because if it comes down to a last drive, that means I'm winning. Well, that's what I saw. Dang it, you stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always love having the ball in, in you know, my hands and you're watching like, okay, well, this afternoon, Josh Dobbs, good yep. night. Welcome to the Vikings, Josh Dobbs. Um, you know, you always want to see your team with the ball in their hands going down the field. But like Rustin said, if it comes down to the last drive and you're on defense, that means you're winning. So give me that. Uh, and especially with this Tennessee team, uh, I, I totally trust their defense enough to get a stop when needed. Um, we'll get to Josh Dobbs later today. Super cool. I mean, just – news came out after the game that, you know, McConnell, is that the guy, the head coach's name? Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, there we go. 
um, he uh, he was saying in his post game press conference that he was literally walking through the the play in Josh's ear in the huddle, like telling him where the receivers were going. Yeah, he was telling him his progressions. So, I mean, here's Dobbs walking up to the line of scrimmage. He has to keep in mind the play clock going, and he's sitting there reading the defense, and the coach is telling him which direction, the which routes the receivers are running as he's looking at the defense trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be open in this? I mean, like, that's crazy, man. Did you hear uh, what the offensive coordinator said about their cadence? Yeah, he, he heard it for the first time as he was entering the game. They realized they were huddled up on the sideline and he had spent so much time in the playbook the last four days. They realized they never talked about cadence and the Vikings have a specialty cadence and there's five different options. And so they're literally huddling up to take the field and they're speed explaining to him what their five cadences are. So he knows how to call a snap. Unreal. Um, the, the coach said that, it was one of the most impressive things he's ever seen. Uh, Dobbs was able to do what he did uh, with such limited knowledge. It was pretty incredible. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say defense, just like Rustin. Uh, I think that's definitely the best answer there. Uh, Oreo Puppy Doc said his prediction was 51 to six. That's pretty close too. That's pretty close too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 make sure anybody on Twitter. Welcome. If you're joining us on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, welcome as well. We got 14 people watching on there. Uh, so we're glad y'all are with us as well. I got the comments monitoring on there as well. So that I'll catch y'all. Uh, if you, if you have a question or comment, uh, let's see here. Let's get to Ricky's comment. Ricky's bringing the fun tonight. <laughs> My takeaway is Nico should start in Columbia. <laughs> Ricky needs to be blocked. <laughs> Ricky is an honorary bro. Uh it's a you know prestigious title. And uh he um I, I think he's joking, maybe not. I'm not sure. Um <laughs> uh, let me put it to you this way. Do you know who had the highest quarterback rating in the entire SEC on Saturday? By playing Joe only Milton. one half. Joe one half. Yes crazy good um let's see here i'm pulling up this the stat i saw because i'm gonna need it here in a little bit when we get to player of the game <laughs> i thought Not i thought nick, away my i thought answer. nico did i thought nico did a good job i thought they did a good yeah, job absolutely. getting him in getting him in with the right people so he could actually get some reps with with some of the ones um wasn't all the ones he had cam selden back there with him most of the time um but you know they they left some receivers out there to give him give him some options um the one thing that he's got to fix though and it's very fixable and i'm sure joey halsley is watching the film back and going "Ooh, we gotta fix that now hey i'm sure joey's watching this episode right now (laughs) well any anybody who's ever worked with quarterbacks would spot this pretty fast he has an Nico has incredible pocket awareness. He is it, he feels the pocket better than any freshman I've seen in a long time. But the ball is way too far away from his body. And he's gotten away with that in high school because the athletes aren't as good. Um, but at division one level, especially how power five level, 
when you step up in the pocket, the ball's got to be at your chest, in your chest, because there's hands and arms flying all over the place. And those guys are way stronger and way bigger than you expect. And it's easy for them to slap a ball. Um, several Ross jobs. Yeah. <laughs> he discovered that today twice. Several times yesterday, Nico stepped up in the pocket or stepped into a side really smoothly, looked great, but the ball was way out away from his body. And it's just screaming for a fumble. So luckily that's fixable. They'll see it and they'll harp on it until he realizes to get that thing in here. Um, but he's got to fix that. Uh, Carl is in the running for best comment of the day already. He said, the Vols, they have to be stopped. Greg Sankey, put Gary Danielson on the next two <laughs> games. Cursed. <laughs> Just means two weeks of watching games on mute. Oh, that's great. Well played, Carl. Well played. <laughs> well played, sir. Well done. That cracked me up. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Kelly asked a really good question. Kelly, I'm going to star this question and come back to it later um, because I've pulled up the week 12 uh, schedule and that's an interesting question. We're, we're going to talk about that. So we're going to come back to that one. Uh, let's see. Zach said, to be honest with you, I wanted a night game versus Georgia. Oh, me too, man. Me too. Absolutely. Well, uh, but as you'll see daylight savings by halftime, it will be. Night. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, as you'll see in a moment when I show the schedule for the week 12, unfortunately, there's not there's not hardly any competition for that 3.30 time slot that week, which also might have played into CBS's decision to make that 3.30 game. Uh, Rebecca, welcome, Rebecca. Good to have you. She said, 60 minutes of pure joy. They all played great. I literally cried when Nico got his first college touchdown pass like a proud mama. So what was really, really cool was seeing his teammates' reaction to him. Um, that was awesome. And then, you know, you get the shot of him and Joe Milton and Josh Heupel on the sideline and they're smiling at him. So, and I really wonder if Josh was giving him a hard time about tripping over the 40 yard line earlier in the drive. I wonder if that was happening too. That looked, that looked terrible. Yeah. It was kind of awkward looking. (laughs) It was like, he was trying to figure out if he was going to slide or not. And then he just fell down. (laughs) It's just so bad. Uh, Vols time. Welcome, buddy. He said, I still believe Tennessee needs to use tight ends more. We did see uh, McAllen Castles with a couple really good catches yesterday. Jacob Warren did not have a catch yesterday, which is kind of surprising. Uh, let's see. Um, he really didn't play a whole lot either. I'm kind of wondering if he was a little dinged up and they were intentionally holding him back. Uh, Zach said, Nico, it looked good for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Carl said, Nico had a great feel for the pressure. Absolutely. He did. Um, Zach said, win, lose, or draw. This is Joe Milton's team. I agree. Um, Kelly makes a, Ooh, Kelly, this is a very well said in my opinion. Yeah. Kelly said, Nico was fluid, but still looked like a freshman. Uh, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, Zach said, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Nico six months from now because everybody's got to remember that kid's got a huge frame and he has not spent any kind of concerted time in a, power five speed and strength program with a full-time nutritionist like he could easily add 20 to 25 pounds of muscle in a year i mean for sure people are going to be shocked what that kid's going to look like next year 
Uh, Zach said, Rustin, do you really watch them on mute? <laughs> yep. I always give them the doubt the first quarter. Usually by the end of the first quarter, I'm so sick of listening to them talk about total gibberish that I mute it and watch quarters second, two through four on mute. <laughs> Kelly said he does too. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Oreo Puppy Dog said, I'm just glad to see Nico move and make something happen. Absolutely. I mean, that run he had was great until he kind of tripped at the end, but it was awesome. The move he put on that one dude, man, uh -huh. he juked that one dude out of his shoes. That was awesome. Uh, Mr. Jones said, Nico learns to, needs to learn to slide. He does. Instead of Badly. kind of falling forward, he, he definitely needs to learn how to slide. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Jones, welcome, buddy, Mr. Jones. He said, uh, oh, wait, that was his last one, too. Uh, he said when he took Rafa running, it looked, kind of looked like hitting a little bit. Yeah, especially that move on that one, dude. Uh, Carl said, I almost cried when Tyler Brand finally got to keep a touchdown. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yep, so that was – Tyler has had two touchdowns taken away from him over the last two years. Um, like I said earlier, the most egregious of which was the – what I still think was a touchdown against – um, Ole Miss last year, which means we won that game because that would have been six points and we lost by five. So there's the win right there. Uh, let's see. My favorite post-game comment was Tyler Barron in front of the media saying he looked around real fast to make sure there wasn't a flag. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Mr. Jones said the fake run touchdown pass was sweet. Yep. It looked a whole lot like how they used to use Tim Tebow yep. in his, uh, you know, Except Tebow did a jump pass. Uh, uh, Nico didn't have to do that. So no, late late in his career, they used to run that play where it would look like direct snap. He'd take two steps toward the line of scrimmage, then back up and throw the seam. Um, that's absolutely an Urban Meyer play, and I was real excited to see them unveil it because um, now yep. Missouri and Georgia have to prepare for it because Joe Milton can do that too. It would not be a Valbro's reaction show without Mr. Jones bashing on uh, Joe a little bit here. Uh, Joe is a six-year quarterback and at times still looks like a freshman. Uh, not yesterday, he didn't. He had uh, the not highest QBR in the entire conference yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 now hang on now. Let's talk about that for a second. He had the highest QBR in the conference, and that includes the Alabama LSU game. Mm-hmm. Where all those points were scored. Yep. Um, Mr. Jones said the run game has carried us this year. Absolutely, it has. And isn't it wonderful? It's like the first time in a long time that's happened. Uh, let's see. Oreo Puppy Dog said Nico needs extra cornbread every day to beef up a little bit. But UT tweeted something out this week that I thought was really interesting. Yes, the run game has carried us. And yes, they're number one in the SEC, but we're not running the ball more than we have in the past. The numbers are almost identical. Every year Josh Heupel has been here, the percentage of run to pass has been almost identical every year. We're just doing it better this year. We, we've got That's offensive cool. linemen that are opening things up, and we've got three running backs that can go get it done. Uh, Zach said, don't hate me for this, but Nico reminds me of Bryce Young, uh, but taller. Yeah, um, I was I was trying to come up with a, a comp this weekend watching him because it, he almost is – it's almost like a hybrid of Bryce Young and Tyler Bray. Like he's he's a tall, rail thin, strong arm, but weirdly mobile. Um, it's it's funny to watch. Yep. I think that's a pretty good comparison. Uh Vols time, welcome, buddy. He said uh, it's it's looked like Nico's put on some weight and muscle. He has for sure since he got there, no doubt. 
Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He can gain a lot more, though. He's got the frame. He can put on a whole lot more. This one's for you, Rustin. Carl said, how about Derek Mason, that Tim D- Davis defense? <laughs> After the fifth time he did it, I literally tweeted <laughs> SEC Network and said, could someone please go in the booth yeah. and tell Derek Mason the man's name is Tim Banks? Yeah, that was pretty good. And it was a shame because Derek Mason actually, I thought, was really good. Like, he he did a good job talking X's and O's and explaining what was happening. And, you know, a lot of color commentators avoid using X and O's and, and coaching phrases because they don't think anybody understands it. And Derek Mason didn't shy away from it at all. He was dropping them left and right. Um, I really enjoyed listening to him other than him calling Tim Banks, Tim Davis, 27 times. <laughs> it's like Gary Danielson calling D Williams squirrel white. <laughs> yeah. It's not even the same number. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Mr. Jones said, yeah, he had the highest QBR, but it was against UConn. Doesn't matter. Okay, in in one half. In Doesn't one half. matter. You um, still got to throw good balls. You still got to complete them. QBR is based on percentage of uh, completion. It's based on number of plays and efficiency. Either you're efficient or you're not. Hey, Mike White, Mississippi State starting quarterback this weekend, playing Kentucky, had a QBR of 11.2. He was the lowest in the SEC this week. I'm I'm given to understand 11.2 is not good. No. <laughs> On a scale in which you can actually get over 100. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Jones said Nico needs steroids. <laughs> Uh, we call that whey protein. Yeah. There might be other things in there, but it's protein. Um, let's see. Number one pass offense last year, number 75 this year. (laughs) He said, it's okay to be critical of Joe. He has improved throughout the year, especially with decision-making. Hey, how about that? Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones throwing some, some love to Joe a little bit there. How about that? Um, Kelly said 195 pounds to 210 pounds preseason. Young, they're talking about Nico. Mm-hmm. The young man can carry 220 to 225 easy. Hopefully, doesn't lose too much quickness. Just my opinion. I 100% agree with that. Dude's yeah. 6'6. He's taller than Joe. Like, yeah. that's this was crazy. He is taller than Joe Milton. Um, let's see. Zach said, How do we feel about rooting for Lane Kiffin? All right, we're coming back to that later because that's. That's uh, we're going to talk about what happens, what has to happen the next two weeks. Uh, so Rustin, who was your, you want to do play or player first? Either one. All right. Well, what was your play of the game? And y'all let us know in the comments what your play was as well. Um, I can't remember the length. Was it 83 yards? Um, the strike Joe threw over the middle of the field to squirrel hit him in stride. Squirrel never even had, I mean, squirrel didn't slow down one bit. He just ran right through it to the house um perfect throw perfect route everything great protection everything about that play was absolute perfection so we did not talk about this beforehand we never do but that was my play of the game as well as soon as it happened i always take notes like during the game about if i see something that i want to mention on the show and as soon as that happened i I, I put down play of the game squirrel white touchdown pass (laughs) I mean, that was absolutely beautiful. It was poetry in motion. I mean, Joe just 
unleashed one, man. Uh, he he did not try to hold up at all on that thing. He got, he put everything into it, and it was just a dime right on the money. Like you said, Squirrel didn't even have to slow down at all. Mm-mm. It never was just broke perfect stride. in stride. Yeah, I mean, it was just, oh, gosh, it was beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Every poetry in motion, everything about it. Watching it back, the poor safety that was supposed to to contain him, the poor safety literally started to backpedal, saw the ball coming, took one step forward, and then went like this. And, <laughs> and that was it. Play was over. Yeah. <laughs> he, he never got out of his stance. Uh, Mr. Jones said Nico's first touchdown pass was his play. <laughs> Mr. Jones... I feel so sorry for Nico next year. If he has half of a bad game, his biggest supporter is going to be turning on him too and calling for Gaston Moore or somebody. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Carl said his favorite play was Jalen or play of the game was Jalen Wright's uh, second touch of the game. Mm-hmm. 82 yards to the house. Uh, speaking of Bill Martin, that was a really interesting stat. He tweeted out during the game. Uh, Jalen Wright now is one of only two people, him and LaMarcus Coker, to ever have a rush of over 80 or two more than one rush of over 80 yards. Okay. Um, so huge, huge play of the game right there. Set the tone. Uh, Oriole Puppy Dog said favorite play was Simmons running them down like a train. <laughs> Absolutely. He- it's it's freakish he's clearly finally healthy it is pretty amazing how well he runs sideline to sideline like that the dude's 340 pounds and he gets up and goes like it's he covers a lot of ground it's impressive zach's play of the game was also jalen Wright's second touch of the game 82 yards to the end zone to the checkerboards uh carl said on that play to to score all joe hittyman stride absolutely uh zach said his second favorite play was baron scoop and score man that was just gave judy lolly ripping yeah. that ball out and then tyler scooping it up great play just great play all around uh let's see kelly said squirrel has stated joe will not overthrow me <laughs> go big orange absolutely mr jones said nico threw a laser on the sideline he's so accurate on the move and he knows when to pull it and run joe could learn a lot from nico lo I love it. It was great. Uh, uh, now, this might be true right here. He said, if, if you ask anyone on the team their favorite play, it'd be Nico's touchdown pass. Based on their reaction, yeah, I'd say you're probably right. His teammates loved it. You're exactly right. They loved it. Uh, let's see. Rustin, what was um, – well, Carl said those wanting D. Williams on offense got it. Yep. And, and, and and I like that they left him out there for more than just the jet sweep. Like we kept expecting at some point we were going to see D run a jet sweep. Um, but then he stayed and he ran other routes. And I love that because again, it's one more thing Missouri and Georgia have to worry about. And you know, that's always a positive. The more stuff you can make them have to prepare for the less prepared they'll be. And, I think the the first D D Williams touch on offense was exactly what everyone was expecting a jet sweep, exactly what they were expecting. And I think the second target of D Williams let everybody know why he hasn't been on offense yet. Um, You know, they say DBs are wide receivers that can't catch. And 
fortunately we disproved that yesterday because we had two pick sixes <laughs> but you know that ball went straight through his hands on the second one but then again we've had receivers doing that all season so you know um that was good to see that you know Ramel, my goodness gracious that first touchdown passed to Ramel. there was literally no one within 25 yards of him maybe more and he caught it he he watched it all the way in and caught it and that was good it was a combination of um and Derek mason actually commented on this and it was kind of cool to hear um it was a combination of a really bad coverage call and the perfect route against it and a really good switch route that confused the corner who was supposed to have deep third completely um there was a safety that was supposed to roll back and take the middle of the field. And it looked like he hesitated before he rolled by that time they were all 20 yards behind him. Um, but even if he had rolled in the middle of the field, we still would have been 20 yards behind him. He, there's no way he could have gotten there. So they either, uh, they either read the coverage and knew what was coming and, and called the switch route or it was just a really good call against a coverage that they thought they might see. Um, but either way, it was the absolute perfect call. And to say he was wide open was an understatement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Carl's right. D probably had some nerves. Absolutely. Mr. Jones said he thinks the refs were trying to make up for all the bad calls they've had on us the last two weeks. We'll see what happens next week in Missouri. And then, and, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Vols time. <laughs> all right. So Rustin has said on this show before, and what was really cool was, um, you want me to oh read my it? Goodness. I got it right here. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, one of our, one of our viewers, um, who go, who, who goes by the name SLP Becky, um, during the game, we've talked about this before. Josh Heupel's done this everywhere he's been. They will actually predetermine if they score fast, and they want to give the defense time to rest, they'll predetermine on the sidelines somebody on extra point that's going to get injured. Um, that way it doesn't look as obvious if they just randomly drop. Like, they know before they go out there, I'm getting injured on this. And so, you know, it was interesting. I don't think Masai Reddick was told to get injured, which is why Josh Heupel came out to check on him. Um, you know, because we had three plays in a row where a, where a lineman went down. The first and the third one, Josh Heupel didn't come check on. Masai Reddick, he did. So I think that one was actually real. <laughs> but the first and the third ones weren't. Um, so we talked about this a few weeks ago. That We've talked about it several times that they, they predetermined this to give the defense more time to rest. Um, so during the game, SLP Becky messaged us and said, never noticed the injury after the extra point until today. I learned something new with every episode. Just told our seat neighbors about the podcast. Thanks for putting out such great content. <laughs> so there she is. And Becky's watching right now. Yeah. That was awesome, Becky. We're, we appreciate you messaging us like that, Dan. That was really cool. So I think I think the first and the third one were absolutely predetermined fake injuries to let the defense rest. Masai Reddick, I think that was actually real. Um, because Josh Heupel came out and checked on him, and that's not part of the plan. So <laughs> that that tells me that one might have been legit. Well, that was that was really cool. And welcome, Becky. We're glad you're with us too. 
but that was that was really a neat message during the game like that. That was really cool. Uh, let's see. Kelly said, yep, Vol's given the extra time for the defense to rest. Yep. Uh, let's see. Mr. Jones had a good question. He said, did anyone see the Georgia-Missouri game? The refs reviewed a penalty. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure they overturned it, if I yep, remember correctly, uh, which is very interesting. Um, but we'll get to Georgia in a minute because that's coming up. That's coming up. Well, let's do our last Let's do our last uh, question of the day here for this game. And y'all let us know your answer to this as well. And if you're watching on Twitter, or excuse me, X, I cannot get used to calling it X. Uh, let us know on there too, and I'll be happy to Just say what you said on here. Just keep calling it Twitter till Elon changes it back. <laughs> uh, the player of the game. Who was your player of the game, Rustin? So I'm like you. I take notes throughout the game. And then if I, I, I hope, to always get a chance to watch it back before we before we do this because I don't want to miss things that might stand out. Um, this was hard. I mean, you got Joe leading the entire conference in QBR. He had a fantastic day. Um, Jalen Wright just continues to run the ball hard. He looked fantastic. Um, Gabe Judy Lolly was was all over the place. He had a fantastic day. Um mm-hmm but there was one guy that just continues to stand out and he's done it all year long. He's been so consistent. Um, and in the past he hasn't been consistent and that's Tyler Barron. Um, I thought Tyler Barron played a whale of a game, even if he didn't get the scoop and score, I thought he played an absolutely perfect game. He was active. He was, he was creating things for other people. Um, He's a handful like offensives. You can tell offenses are trying to figure out how in the world to block him. Um, he, he never stops. It reminds me a lot, not last year or the year before, but this year he has finally figured out how to play with a high motor. And it reminds me, I, I feel like I'm watching Will Overstreet again. Like he never, ever slows down. He never stops. He never wants to come off the field. Um, there was actually a play during the second quarter and uh, Rodney Garner was clearly just trying to get Joshua Joseph some reps and Tyler Barron was playing really well. And Joseph started to come on the field and Tyler Barron waved him off and basically told him get off. <laughs> and Rodney Garner had to motion for Tyler to come out. And, um, but I love it because the guys sitting there going, I'm doing this. Like I've got this quit running people out here. Um, and that's not a Tyler Barron we've seen in the past. Like he has just been so good this year. He better make all SEC. I, if if the AP doesn't name him all SEC, it's because they're just terrible and have no idea what they're looking at. I guarantee you the coaches will name him all SEC because every single one of them, I promise you, when they're in their meeting rooms, they are terrified of that guy. Absolutely. I think that's a great choice. Uh, and, you know, super excited for him that he was one of those three defensive scores. Uh, so absolutely fantastic choice. My choice is Joe Milton. Uh, three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing, 254 passing yards. That does not include his rushing yards. Uh, 254 passing yards in one half. <laughs> in one half. So for comparison, that would equate to 508 passing yards and six touchdowns total in a full game. That's crazy good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and it was just, I mean, just 
on the money, man. Some of his throat, like the one to squirrel, just on the money. So I, I was a fantastic half by Joe. Um, we saw him use his legs. We saw him use his arm. We, like I said, on that throw to squirrel, he unleashed a 90 something mile per hour bullet down the mm -hmm. middle of the field. I mean, that was amazing. And so, uh, kudos to squirrel for catching it. Um, if he didn't, it probably would have knocked him off his feet because it was hitting right, <laughs> right in the numbers. So that was Joe Milton, my player of the game. Uh, let's see if some of the folks, uh, comment here, have their, uh, players of the game. Zach said, we all know who Mr. Jones player of the game will be. <laughs> Carl said Tyler Barron. Uh, all right. That's a good one. No, Mr. Jones player game is actually Joe Milton. Well, because he got, he played so well. It we still says Joe Carl. Milton. <laughs> so for anybody listening I'd... to the audio version of this tomorrow morning, Mr. Jones has gone on record. Joe Milton was his player of the game. Uh, now, very good. Now, I do want to say something about the rest of that comment. He said, Joe Milne, because he helped us get to see Nico, something we weren't able to do against Austin P when they gave us a game. Okay, y'all need to watch what's been happening. Since we beat Austin P, they've gone 7-0. and They're now 7-2. and um, And they're beating some pretty decent opponents. Like, they're, we're finding out they were a whole lot better than anybody thought they were. They figured something out. Uh, Vols time said the whole defense players in the game, especially defensive line. Uh, that was actually my honorable mention. Uh, the, the defensive line group was my honorable mention uh, unit of the game, I guess you could say. Uh, Zach, I like this choice. Zach said Cam Selden, Duke can run. Uh, I think we're going to get to see a lot of Cam Selden over the next few years. Um, I was a little I, disappointed with Khalifa Keith. Uh, I, I was surprised at how hesitant he was. Um, and some of it may just be freshman jitters, but I mean, somebody needs to look at that dude and go, Hey, you're only going to get a few options this year. You need to make the most of yeah. them. Well, and I think this is he, only the third, the third game Khalifa has made an appearance in. So he 100% he will be red shirting this year. He ran soft. Like I was, I was surprised because coming out of high school, everybody touted him as being a bruiser and he definitely didn't run like it. Uh, Carl said, Bama, gave the playbook on how to stop Tyler Barron. You just put him in a headlock. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. Jones said, what is Joe's passing stats against SEC opponents? Well, it's pretty good against South Carolina and Kentucky. I'll give you uh, those in just a really, second. Just hold on. And a really good first half against Alabama until he took the ball out of his hands, got in the second half. Um, Oriole Puppy Dog said Elijah Simmons was his player of the game. I love it. That's great. Uh, ooh. Kelly, it's another good question. All right, I'm going to start, Kelly. We're going to come back to that after we go through the players here. Um, oh, Eric, great, great, great choice. Uh, Eric said, My player of the game is Jalen Wright, runs hard every game, no doubt, man. Um, uh, man, that first run, he just it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Mr. Jones said, Austin PU. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mr. Jones said his player of the game was the offensive line, the whole offensive line. They were the unit of the game. Yeah. A great, great choice. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to go back to the comments that we starred because there were some really good questions that came through. And the first one, both of them were from Kelly. The first one, he said, will game day be in Knoxville if we take care of Missouri? Okay. So that leads into 
the second one of the other things I wanted to talk about this evening, and that is what's going on in the SEC East race. So as of yesterday, there are only two teams mathematically who can win SEC East, Georgia and Tennessee. Missouri has now been, Florida was mathematically eliminated. Uh, when Arkansas beat them, that was th- Florida's third loss. They're done. Missouri, even though they only have two conference losses, they were also mathematically eliminated because if they went out, which means they beat us, that'd be our third loss. And let's say we beat Georgia and Ole Miss beats Georgia. So Georgia would have two losses, two conference losses. Missouri would have two conference losses, but Georgia would get the head to head. So Georgia would get the nod over Missouri. So even if Missouri wins out and Georgia loses out, Missouri still didn't get it. So Missouri's eliminated. They're mathematically eliminated. So the next two weeks, each game, Georgia is playing for Atlanta. Either game. If they beat Ole Miss, they're in Atlanta, even if we beat them. If they beat us and they lose to Ole Miss, they're in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia only has to win one of their next two games Ole Miss at home at night and at Neyland, which honestly, I feel like the Ole Miss at home at night, they're going to probably, they would have an easier time winning that than they would at Neyland against us for sure. And so we need Ole Miss to beat them this week. If, if we beat Missouri this week and Ole Miss beats Georgia this week, then Tennessee, Georgia will be what everyone thought it would be and be the game for the SEC East crown next week. Um, but that's Georgia's path to Atlanta. They All they have to do is win either this week or next week. They're in. They're in the championship game. Tennessee has to have Ole Miss beat Georgia this week, and Tennessee has to win out. They have to beat Missouri at Missouri, Georgia at home, and Vanderbilt at home. And if they do that and Georgia loses you know, against Ole Miss, then Tennessee gets the nod because Georgia will have two losses, two conference losses. Tennessee would have two conference losses, but Tennessee would hold the head-to-head over Georgia, which would get them in the SEC championship game. So that's the path. Now, Kelly's question is, will game day be in Knoxville if we take care of Mizzou? So here's my here's my answer. Rustin's shaking his head yes. I'm going to show you, I'm going to share my screen and show you the, the, the schedule for week 12 in the entire country. I, I do think it's important to mention that game day is going to be in Athens this week, this upcoming week for Ole Miss, Georgia. So they're already going to be there this week. That means they would have back-to-back weeks of Georgia games which has happened in the past. I mean, that's not unprecedented. But I would venture to guess if they felt like there was another game that was worthy of it, they would go to that one instead. But as you're about to see on this this diagram here, I'll zoom in so you can see it better, uh, on on ESPN.com here, there's really not a better game that week. So these are the top 25 games for week 12. Minnesota at Ohio State. Georgia at Tennessee, Michigan at Maryland, North Alabama at Florida State, Washington at Oregon State. That one could potentially give it a run for its money. (coughs) Uh, Oregon at Arizona State, Texas at Iowa State, Oklahoma at BYU, 
Louisiana Monroe at Ole Miss, Rutgers at Penn State, Florida at Missouri, Louisville at my, which that one would not be it because if we beat Missouri this week, then they're definitely not going to go to Florida, Missouri, uh, Louisville, Miami, Georgia State, LSU, Utah at Arizona, UCLA, USC. That one won't be it. Uh, Kansas State at Kansas. Eh, they might. They shouldn't, but they might. Oklahoma State at Houston. Tulane at Florida Atlantic. The moccasins, or actually now it's Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Sorry. Yeah, Mockingbirds of Chattanooga, UTC, in our hometown here at Alabama. Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and UNLV at Air Force. So of those games, there's really only two that could potentially give it a run for its money. Kansas State at Kansas, which I don't think they'll go there. I do think if Oregon State wins this week, it might be tough to not go to to Oregon State because they can make the case of, oh, this is their last year in the Pac-12. Uh, this might be the last time we get, they're not going to be in the ACC because ACC was like, no, thank you. Um, so we don't even know what conference they'll be in next year. Um, maybe they'll throw them a bone since they went to Georgia this week. But I tend to agree with Rustin based on the other games next week. It is hard to imagine that they would go anywhere other than Georgia, Tennessee, especially if Ole Miss beats Georgia this week. Because if Ole Miss beats Georgia this week, then that game, and Tennessee beats Missouri, then that game is for the SEC East crown. So if that's the case, then surely they're going to be at that game. Surely. But if Ole Miss beats, if Ole Miss loses to Georgia this week, then it kind of takes the, the glisten off of that game a little bit. I don't think there's any doubt they'll be in Knoxville for game day that day because about, what, six, seven weeks ago, ESPN laid off a bunch of people. Um, they, won't, they won't miss out on an opportunity for ratings and money. They need the money. Yeah, that's fair. ESPN is struggling. They need money. And they know when they look at that list right there, which, which viewers are going to create the biggest money revenue stream for them and they could not care less. That Pac-12, there's two Pac-12 games that actually kind of matter. They won't even pay attention to those because they they don't make them any money. Nobody stays up to watch Pac-12 games. Um, you know, so they, they're just not, you know, they went to Utah a few weeks ago, and it was one of their lowest ratings weekends ever. So they're never doing that again. Um, it's, you know, they can't afford to. ESPN needs every dime they can get. So they're going to go to the biggest money ratings place, which is hands down Tennessee, Georgia. Um, you know, they know, they know where the money is. They're not going to, they're not going to shy away from it. That's a great point. Uh, we had a string of four comments come through consecutively that may be the, the most iconic four comments we've ever had because they perfectly represent all three people who put them on there. Uh, Mr. Jones said, when we take care of Missouri, no if. <laughs> and then Oreo Puppy Dog uh, almost totally encapsulated my thoughts. <laughs> he said, I'm actually more worried about Missouri than Georgia. <laughs> I'm not as worried about Missouri as Georgia, but I'm worried about Missouri. Uh, I'm not I'm not comfortable with that game right now. Missouri actually opened as one and a half point favorites today. 
they opened as one and a half point favorites. Not it anymore. It's already yeah, shifted. Have... It's already shifted. We're now one point favorites. Well, there you go. Uh, Zach said, and, I'm not worried about honestly, any of them. <laughs> and, it, and honestly, you know why I think it shifted? Because it got announced as the 330 game. Oh, and for sure. Yeah. Have you seen the forecast? It's going to be mid to upper 50s. Since well, when do we get to go to Como in November and it be mid to upper 50s? And not at night. Right. <laughs> so I, I think Vegas understands. I think they saw the forecast. They saw 330 kick and they were like, hmm, this actually plays to Tennessee's favor. And if you watch, Missouri has not done well against teams with really good running games. Um, and honestly, I think our running game is better than Georgia's. So I no doubt about that. I, I go back to the last two years. You know, yes, Missouri's a little better, but the last two years we've beaten them by an average of 64 to 24. Yeah. And until Eli Drinkwitz proves to me that he's figured out how in the world to stop, stop Josh Heupel. I mean, the last two years we ran rough shot over them with lesser running backs. This is the best running back stable we've had in three years. And the last two years we just ran through them like a sieve. So until Eli Drinkwitz proves to me that he can actually stop us, I'm kind of with Vegas. I'm not overly concerned about this. If it had been at night and it had been like 28 degrees and sleeting, okay, that's different. But that's not what it's going to be. Uh, Oreo said, I'm not worried about any of them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, Zach, Zach said that. That is the best Zach. I mean, that epitomizes Zach's attitude. I love it. Zach gets me pumped up. Uh, Oreo said, I hope you're right, Zach. <laughs> uh, Zach said, I've seen the future. It is bright. <laughs> Oh, well, Zach's prophesying on Valbro's tonight. I love it. Uh, Zach said, do me a favor, Evan. Let me see you in that hat. Which one? The one back there? That one? Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> um, he, might mean the mini, he might mean the mini helmet. Can you try to get that on? Yeah. So that's actually autographed by Peyton Manning. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's why it's in the in the case. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that one. Uh, Mr. Jones asked a question about the Bama sack. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Um, Carl made a good point. So this is the last year for the SEC East crown. He's right. It sure is. And we're in the running. We got a shot at it. I would say that the West crown is pretty much already guaranteed to Bama Yeah. because in order for Ole Miss to win the West now, because essentially you got to remember Bama essentially has a game and a half lead on Ole Miss because they have the tiebreaker. They mm -hmm. have the head to head. So in order for, um, Ole Miss to win the West, Ole Miss has to win out and Bama has to lose to Kentucky and Auburn. Not going to happen. No. So Bama has pretty much already wrapped up the SEC West. Um, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. Zach said, please let Lane Kiffin not do a Lane Kiffin game. <laughs> I tell you. So I picked Texas A&M to upset Ole Miss for that very reason right there. And it almost happened. And Ole Miss was doing everything they could to try to give that thing away. <laughs> I like that, Carl. Carl, I wish I could say it was because I met him. I did meet Heath Schuler at a high school football game one time. Uh, actually, Rustin, I think, might have been playing in that game. And so my my dad said, that's Heath Schuler down there and pointed. Wearing, and, wearing, wearing number 21. 
That's right. Actually, yeah. And so I got to go down and uh, he, he signed a football for me. Benji was there as well. Benji signed it too. Um, the Heath one probably has made it a little bit more valuable. <laughs> um, no offense to Benji. Uh, Vols time said Josh Heupel has a good track record against Missouri. Absolutely. Um, Zach said, wouldn't that be sweet? Us and Bama in the SEC championship without SEC refs. Well, I think it would be SEC refs in the championship game, but I do, I do, uh, want to see us play Bama again. Uh, that was actually my prediction for the year started was that we would play Bama in the SEC championship game. So I hope that happens. Um, Carl said, cool to meet. He's at high school. Yep, it was really cool. Um, back in 95 or six, probably 96. Um, well, that'd been the fall of 95, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's see. Zach said, you played football, Russ? <laughs> he <Very> did. badly. <laughs> he sure did. My claim to fame was pretty much getting knocked out by Eric Westmoreland once. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I can attest that he hits really, really hard and really fast. And you don't realize you've been hit until about 30 yards later when you realize he's that far past you. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Jones said Hypo loves being his old team. Absolutely. Uh, he has proven that he can do that too. Um, let's see. Carl said Hypo really has Drinkwitz out coached. Uh, Mr. Jones said we'll run the score up on them again. So here's the thing about that. Uh, you know, I know, I know that last year we ended up beating them by like 40 or 50. But a lot of people don't remember that was a one possession game in the third quarter. We were losing um, at right before halftime. We scored to go up right before halftime. And it, it was in the late third quarter and early fourth quarter that we really broke it open. And I will say that Joe Milton had a couple touchdown passes in that game of over 50 yards. So that was he was part of that win. Um, let's see. Uh, he said, Mr. Jones said, we're going to run the score up on him in their house. But I want to go back to another question that Kelly said, because it involves Missouri this week. And that's what we're talking about. He said, Valbros, can our defensive line put pressure on the Tigers QB? This is the number one key to Saturday thoughts. Okay. I'm glad you said that because Cook has shown, uh, Cook is Missouri's quarterback. He has shown that he's mobile. Now, I think any Tennessee fan who has watched Tennessee play over the last 14 years or more, even maybe 15 or 16 years, we can all agree Tennessee has struggled with mobile quarterbacks. And that's what they're going to face this week, which is not encouraging. However, I also think we can agree that Tennessee's defensive front this year has more speed than we've had in a long, long long time up front. And so I hope, I hope that our defensive front is able to get to him, uh, that, you know, Tim Banks isn't afraid to dial up some pressure and he doesn't try to just get to him with four, but periodically brings five or six guys uh, to get after him um, because we need to do that on, on Saturday for sure. Uh, what do you think, Rustin? I think you'll see a lot of four-man rushes with Aaron Beasley as a spy. He'll be assigned to Cook. Um, and anytime 
especially the way Tim Banks likes to play things. Aaron Beasley, I have the green light. Anytime he sees Cook sitting in the pocket, he'll have the opportunity to delay stunt. Um, so, you know, if if Cook's mobile and, and booting or, you know, anything like that, then Aaron Beasley's just assigned to run with him. Um, but if he's standing in the pocket, we'll see a lot of delayed blitzes from Aaron Beasley. And um, I, I think that's I think that's the recipe for getting to him. Zach said, heck yeah, I got a second cook six times. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, I hope that happens. I don't think it will, but I hope it happens. We might sack him twice, uh, maybe, maybe three if, if we're fortunate. But, um, I mean, that would be wonderful to get to him six times. Zach said, they might cook, but we're going to eat. I love it. Oh, yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. That, that's got a T-shirt written all over it right there. <laughs> uh oreo puppy dog said we're gonna win by three 31 28 that's actually a really good prediction actually i love that prediction but it's gonna be super close in my opinion it's gonna be a really close game either way whoever wins it's gonna be really really close um one of the other questions that came through and then we're gonna talk a little bit about basketball uh one of the other questions that came through mr jones said the bama sack that every analyst was praising was targeting and the line a lineman landed his full weight on the quarterback for most teams, not their selected few get away with murder. So here's, what's interesting about that play. Uh, if, if you haven't yet seen this play, you can go, but you can f- certainly find it on Twitter. It's all over Twitter, but defensive lineman for Alabama. I think it was Turner. I think it's who it was. Uh, got through the, the line. So it, his initial hit actually hit Daniels below below his chin but in my opinion the thing that made it textbook targeting was you you know if you go back three years the the big keyword was launching that was the big thing like you can't launch and and jump into the guy dude he did that like textbook he he hits him and then you can you can see it happen he jumps after he after he makes initial contact and then so he knows he's below his head so yeah. then he jumps up to take Daniels off the ground and drives the crown of his helmet right into Daniel's jaw. And um which they were actually checking to see if it was broken. Yeah, and I mean I thought Dan- Gary Danielson nailed that one right on the head. Like he said he took him in the tent. He's like he's probably checking to see if his jaw still works. Cuz I mean that's exactly what happened. Dude dude literally launched up into his jaw that's textbook targeting. I'm sorry. Like that, that is what that, that is what the rule was made for. He led with the crown too. Like it it was, it was like every criteria checked the box. And then if what's really humorous about it is if it's not humorous, it's sad. But if you go back and watch that play, that particular no penalty that should have been called a penalty was just one of two on the play. The right tackle uh, is for LSU's blocking whoever the end was over there. And he's got the, the defensive end has his face, his hand all up in the, the offensive tackles face mask, pushing his head back. The guy's like this trying to block him. I mean, it was blatantly obvious hands to the face, defensive hands to the face, no call. So there were two blatantly obvious penalties on that one play. Neither one of them were called. But in my opinion, that wasn't even the, the most egregious no call of the whole game. Uh, there was one play where 
Bama was on offense. LSU tackles a guy. And an offensive lineman, after the players are on the ground, runs and almost does a belly flop, but runs and just jumps and lands on the LSU defender with his elbow in the guy's back. Dude's laying on the ground, and he just runs and jumps on him. No call. I'm like, what in the world? I mean, like, it, it was... That was wild. Those those three things, yeah, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Um, let's see. Uh, Mr. Jones said, kiss the cook while he's on his back from being sacked. Well, there you go. That's some good rhyming. Um, so just one stat that I think matters. Um, in their five SEC games so far, Missouri is allowing 158 rushing yards a game. That's not good for them. (laughs) Well, here's what makes it even worse. Three of those five games are Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Kentucky. That's really not good for them. (laughs) Yeah. So they have not, like, the, the two decent teams that they faced, Georgia and LSU, comprised a huge number of that 158 average. So none of those teams have a running back core even remotely comparable to what we have. And if they're giving up 158 a game to that bunch. Yeah. 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 Uh, Zach asked a really good question because Zach actually asked this exact same question last night. Zach said, what is targeting anymore? Uh, I believe it's a coin toss and wherever it lands on, that's what it is. Uh, I mean, like it, it, you, there's really no way of knowing anymore. Uh, let's see. Tony, welcome, Tony. He said, if we don't pressure cook a whole lot, he'll light our secondary up. Uh, potentially like Drew Leary did. Uh, Devin Leary. Devin Leary. There we go. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he lit us up. He said they're running back as a stud too. Yeah, he is Schrader. He's a great running back. I mean, they got excellent offense. They can put up points. Um, Carl, uh, I think you're, I think there's more and more evidence that Carl is correct about his statement here. Sankey to the officials, make sure Bama and Georgia are playoff bound. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to think that's the case, but at times you're like, yeah, maybe, I mean, like, it's just kind of, it's kind of blatant sometimes. Oreo puppy dog is seriously pumped about Elijah Simmons. <laughs> he said, Simmons' new name is Choo Choo because he's a train. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he said, as long as saving his coach, Bama will get good calls always. Uh, Big Vol Daddy, welcome, buddy. He said, uh, Nico, 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 LOL. Evening, boys. Uh, Nico certainly played well in his two series. I know a lot of people wanted him to get more than just two series. Um, I think he probably would have if our defense hadn't taken two series away from him at the start of the, the second half. But I'm I'm totally cool with our defense doing that, by the way. <laughs> uh, let's see. Eric said, Nick Saban has the refs and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey is back pocket. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist, but I mean. It's starting to it, get ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's very, very ridiculous. Absolutely. When even when even TV analysts who are paid by the network are even sitting there questioning, what in yeah. the world was that? How'd they not call that? 
um, you know, and I mean every single game, they're actively criticizing the officials. It's yeah, getting obvious. Yeah, and I mean, you know, even last night, like when that targeting that wasn't called targeting was happening. I mean, even the guys on the broadcast, Danielson and uh, what's his face, can't think of his name. Um, they were right, they were sitting there. Thank you. I knew it started with the end. Uh, Nestler and Danielson were both saying that's targeting. I mean, like both of them are saying, oh, <laughs> uh, it's just unreal. I, un, unreal. Um, Mr. Jones said, Misery, Mizzou loves company. Uh, I hope, I hope it's misery form on Saturday. Uh, let's see. Big Vol Daddy said, Elijah Simmons' new name is Choo Choo because he dude's been chewing down some little Debbies. What's shocking is he's actually lost some weight. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was at 354, I think, 356, something like that. So he's actually dropped some pounds. Um, and I loved somebody earlier in the show mentioned that, you know, uh, Rodney Gardner kind of challenged him on that wearing number 10 this year. Gardner told him before the year started, he's like, listen, if you're going to wear number 10, you got to be a dude. And that's what he told him. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was one of the, uh, press conferences. Tony said T lane and Ricky Gibson are really good. Ricky Gibson should start at cornerback, move slaughter, safety nickel. Yeah. So earlier in the show, that was one of my takeaways. I said as well, it was really, really enjoyable watching Ricky Gibson play like play yesterday. He played really well. And now we can see what, you know, other people have been talking about what they've seen in practice. Uh, he was a tremendous bright spot. So was T lander. I'm I'm yeah. excited to see him a year from now. You know, again, we're talking about a guy who hasn't spent a whole lot of time in a college weight room. Like that kid's gonna be a freak. Well, and he's not afraid to hit people. Mm-mm. He loves it. Yep. Um let's see. Uh do 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 Bama gets the calls every time, just like some of the most penalized teams play perfect against us. Yeah. So we'll see how many live ball penalties get called this week on the road. We'll see what happens there. Um, but we need to talk about one other thing that's happening this week. Tennessee basketball, men and women tip off this week, men on Tuesday, women on, excuse me, men on Monday, tomorrow night, women on Tuesday, both game times, I believe are at six 30. And what was really, really encouraging to hear tonight, Rustin, what did uh, Rick Barnes say on the nation this evening? I was shocked. Um, Zakai Ziegler is completely cleared and they're playing him Monday. Um, I'd never imagined we would hear that this early in the season. Not, yeah. not, not just because of the fact it's an ACL, but Rick Barnes is typically very conservative about things like that and not rushing people back. So for Zakai to not only have proven that he could be cleared, but also be in game shape enough that they're willing to roll him out there Monday, that's just an incredible testament to how hard that kid's worked. Absolutely. Uh, Zach said men, 6.30, women, 7 o'clock. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting it to be very, very limited minutes for Zakai. Um, I mean, I would I would be shocked if he's out there more than maybe 10 total for the whole game. But who knows with him, man? He's You know he's not going to want to come out of the game. Mm-mm. And so the fact that he's clearing to go, and we'll see what happens. But I do think it would be a good opportunity for all of all nation and get to see the whole team because I do think it's Tennessee tech. So I think the whole team will play. Um, I think you'll get to see a lot of, a lot of dudes. Um, 
Uh, Big Valdani said, are the guys on TV tomorrow? So I believe it's SEC Network Plus. It is. Um, so if you have the ESPN app, it'll be on there. Um, Zach said this team has deep depth. Absolutely, they do. Uh, a lot of people saying Kinnett is a baller. Kinnett uh, from outside. Um, even even um, Jordan Ganey. Um, they they've got they've oh, got yeah. guys. They got six, seven, eight off the bench that can come in and light it up. Absolutely. Uh, so that's really exciting to see, and that starts this week. Um, Eric made a comment earlier. He said, I'd like to see Christian Conner get some playing time as well. I think he'll ball in the, uh, in the secondary. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. One other thing I wanted to mention was our college football pick'em challenge standings. So I may have messed up this week a little bit. Um, I had a one game lead last week. And I blew it this week. <laughs> uh, I was I was going I was doing really well, and then I went five and five this week, and so now I'm two games behind off the lead. Uh, Jimothy is now one game lead. Uh, that's my friend Lance, and so kudos to Lance for having a one game lead right now. Uh, and then <clears throat> a couple people behind him at uh, one game back, and then I'm in a group of three who are two games back. So 30 games left, just as a reminder to everyone. Um, if, if there is a tie at the end of the regular season, we will use the championship week of the conference championship games to be the tiebreaker. And at this point, there's quite a, quite a group up there at the top. So there may end up being a, a, a tiebreaker. Uh, this week's games, we got Miami at Florida state. I'll zoom in so people can see that. Uh, Miami at Florida State, Utah at Washington, Ole Miss at Georgia, USC at Oregon, West Virginia and Oklahoma, Tennessee at Missouri, Michigan at Penn State. We finally get to find out if Michigan is for real because they're finally playing an opponent who's in the top 25. <laughs> they have, I don't even know if they played a single opponent that's been in the top 25 this whole year. I mean, they, they, this, this is, it's about time. Uh, Georgia Tech at Clemson, Auburn at Arkansas, and Duke at North Carolina. So several really good games, several really good games this week. Uh, so very excited to see how, how that goes out. Um, wait, uh, hang on. We got some comments coming. I'm trying to catch up here. Big Valdani said, with Zakai and Vescovy and Kinnett all on this team, which one will get the most minutes? They're all going to start. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you're starting. Zakai. I think your starting five Monday will be Zakai, Santi, Jemai Meshack, Dalton Kinnett, and Jonas Adu. I think it's going to be a nine-man rotation. Um, those will be the first five, and then off the bench they'll have Freddie Dillion, Jordan Ganey, Josiah James, and Tobey Awaka. Um, you know, Barnes doesn't typically like to go much deeper than nine. I think those will be the nine at times. You'll see, uh, DJ Jefferson get some run. You'll, you'll see Cameron Carr from time to time, maybe Cade Phillips. If he continues to develop, you might see him later in the season, especially if they need some post depth. And, um, I think they'll probably end up, uh, red shirting JP Estrella. 
Dalton, uh, Eric said Dalton Kinnett is a baller. hundred uh, percent can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Uh, it appears that way from what we've seen thus far. Carl said, how cool Rocky Top football, b- basketball, baseball future is bright. It's great to be a Tennessee Vol. And I think Rustin's shirt uh, that he's wearing right now sums that up perfectly. Everything's cool. That is a shirt that you can find on the Volbros.com, actually. Uh, if you go to our website, and you know what? Just for kicks, I'll show you. And so <laughs> while you're pulling that up, I've got some numbers for Mr. Jones. Okay. Um, in five SEC games, Joe Milton is 98 for 150. That's a 65% completion percentage. Um, for 1,125 yards, that's an average of 225 a game. Seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, four interceptions aren't great, but two of those were against South Carolina in a route. So, you know, take away the South Carolina game. He's six touchdowns, two interceptions in the other four SEC games. So if if we were doing a QBR on that, I'd say it'd be somewhere in the high, probably high 80s, low 90s based on those numbers. Um, so that's where he is through five SEC games. On our website, thevolbros.com, up here in the right-hand corner, you click on shop and look at all of these beautiful designs. The first one, the Everything School shirt. There's so many different products you can get this on. Uh, man, what a cool looking shirt. And it sure is an everything school. And it's taken a long time to look. I didn't realize they had added the Summit Blue one. Yep. So you can get Summit Blue. How about that? Looking sharp. Uh, you can get pickleball paddle set uh, <laughs> with in multiple different colors. Look at that. Summit Blue in that one. Uh, some gray there. Wow. That is the bomb. Get your pickleball game on. Uh, you can get a phone case. How about that? A cool hoodie. Everything school hoodie. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, for all the ladies who would love a nice tote bag, uh, the Weekender tote. Look at that. Man, it's just such a great, great thing. For $24.99, you get the Comfort Soft T-shirt. You can get it in smoky gray or black. Uh, Rustin is wearing the, the black one right now. There it is right there. Man, what a great deal. Thevolbros.com. And I'll tell you what, I'll even put the, the link straight to that in the comments <laughs> right now. So it's on there. Uh, if anybody would love to celebrate our wonderful tennessee volunteers in this everything school shirt uh let's see some other comments came through zach said pretty soon we'll be talking about tennessee baseball good time to be a tennessee fan yeah uh actually rest of uh yeah so this this week the tennessee volunteer baseball team will be in chattanooga uh, they got games on friday night and saturday afternoon so that's pretty exciting uh, they'll be right here in our town uh, let's see. Big Val Daddy said, my worry is that this basketball team might be so loaded that Barnes will have a hard time getting a good lineup in order for SEC play starts. Uh, I think so, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, I think I think they've already got it. I think they already know those are their nine. 
they're going to stick with those nine. You know, Josiah gives them some some flexibility. Dalton Kinnett does too. Um, you know, both of those guys can play the four, so they don't have to be as deep inside if they don't want to be. Um, if Cade Phillips continues to develop, he could give them some post depth, but they can probably get away with just Jonas Adu and Tobey Awaka if they play small and just rotate those two guys at the five. Uh, Zach said he's going to join us in the Pick'em Challenge next year. I love it, Zach. Uh, Carl said, yeah, Lance, absolutely. Uh, Zach said, where are you on there, Rustin? <laughs> You're uh, the bottom. Rustin, yeah, Rustin's had a, a hard few weeks here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Big Valdez said, Evan White, your name on the Pick'em board. He said he's 100 no. <laughs> um i'm i'm two games off the lead right now that's why i said why isn't my name on your on your board he entered and he's a hundred no oh okay i got you i got you my bad i misread it there uh let's see uh zach said how much uh i think it's 24.99 for the for the comfort soft shirt there um Carl, Mr. Jones not giving up. He said, "What's the what's the numbers against top twenty five teams?" <laughs> those are actually better. You don't want me to unveil those because we're talking about Alabama, Texas A and M. Those are his best numbers. You don't want that. Kentucky, uh, that Kentucky. Was uh, Carl said, "Rustin dropping facts." Tony said, "Kanet Vescovi are our two best players." JJJ should watch Kanet and see what it's like to take the ball to the basket. <laughs> Against um, again in on this roster, the beauty of this is he's not gonna have to be. Dalton Kinnett's gonna be a slasher, Jemai Meshack's a slasher, Freddie Dillion's a slasher. We all know Zakai can slash Vescovy, Josiah, Jordan Ganey. They're gonna get to just stand on the three-point line and catch and shoot. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. So I love Big Valdaddy. He he uh after I posted the I said, you know what? I'll just put the links in the comments for everybody. He said, That's so nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help. Uh just you know, here to here to be a blessing. Uh, <laughs> uh let's see. Uh hey Zach, you look great in it, man. You look great in it. I'll <laughs> oh, appreciate that, Carl. Appreciate that very much. Carl said he's gonna go to the site after the show. Uh, let's see. Carl said, if, if, if that's an issue that he has that many people, then that's great for Rick Barnes because injuries are part of it. Absolutely. Look at Zakai last yeah. year. Um, we've got, we've got three absolute studs that are going to be on the end of that bench struggling to get playing time in DJ Jefferson, Cam, uh, Cam Carr and JP Australia. And I'm talking about three guys that potentially down the road could develop in the NBA guys. I mean, it, it is a lot of talent on that roster. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Big Valdez said, Rustin's always there to pick Evan up. No, that's a bro. <laughs> when I was, when you said, when you said, well, you're putting that up, I'm going to say. <laughs> well, no, I think he's referring to you butchering his last comment and me having. Oh, like, there you go. Yeah, me, probably that too. Probably that Which too. I just picked you up again. That's yeah, a, there you go. That's another three one. Three times now. Uh, Mr. Jones said, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. He said, Heupel's offense will finish outside of the top 10 nationally for the first time in his career because of one factor, Joe Milton. Okay. I don't think it is prudent for anyone. And when we're referring to the game of football to say that there is one factor that causes anything, 
because there are 22 guys on that field all at the same time. And I would venture to say if there was one reason why, if we had to narrow it down to one reason why the offense might rank outside the top 10 for the first time ever, I would say it's because the best offensive lineman we had was unable to play the first four games of the season. Who's also the offensive lineman who calls every single block scheme at the line of scrimmage. Which was confirmed by the coaching staff after two games ago. Um, They were talking about, you know, how much they rely on Cooper. LRB was talking about that. So, if, if there was a reason for offensive struggles prior to South Carolina, for example, the Florida game, um, I would venture to say that the absence of Cooper on that line made it made a larger impact than any of us even realized at the time. Because since he's returned, we've seen what they can do. Um. I would say that would be, if we had to narrow it down to one thing, I would say that would be the reason uh, for what's going on. Uh, Let's see. Just out of curiosity, Mr. Jones, where do you think we rank right now in team offense nationally? Just curious. Uh, Let's see. Uh, So Mr. Jones said every other... Hypo QB has led a top 10 offense at minimum. Carl said, nope, Hypo's playing to the team's strength, and which is the run game. Uh, for sure, we haven't seen Tennessee run the ball like this in, just, oh, goodness, ever? I don't know. Not so, ever, but, I mean, since since the days of Henry Stevens and, uh, you know, that all those guys, Jamal Lewis. I mean, the, the, this is the kind of running attack we had back then. This is better than the year that we had Jalen Hurd and Alvin Kamara. I mean, like this is, we got some really good stuff going up. So right now we're number 13 in America in total offense. The three teams that are keeping us out of the top 10, Ole Miss, who will probably sink down after playing Georgia, North Texas, and Texas State. So if we do to Missouri what we've done to Missouri the last two years, and if we just treat Vanderbilt like we always treat Vanderbilt, I would bet we're going to jump to at least number 10 before this season's over because from 13 to 10 is not that much of a jump. Uh, Big Valdani said, referring to Rustin picking your picking you up and name butcherings, <laughs> comment butcherings, and basically just any butcherings. <laughs> he said, "You guys are great together, almost as if you spent some time together." We have a little bit throughout our life. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, Zach said, "In those totals, you can't count the ref Bama game." <laughs> uh, Big Valdani said, "Good night, guys. Enjoy my time here. Still waiting to see one or both of you on my show. Absolutely, we'd love to do it." He said, you'd be received with love. We appreciate that. We need to. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Jones said, uh, do, 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 do. Oh, come on. <laughs> right. uh, let's see. Uh, Eric said, I agree with Evan. Joe Milton is not the reason Heupel's offense is outside top 10 this season. 
It's because, like you said, Coop being out the first four games and also during that time, the wide receivers didn't catch. That's a great point, too. Uh, I mean, we can all think back to two to three to four to maybe five. I mean, I can – soft top of my head, I can think of at least two uh, wide-open touchdown passes that were dropped. Well, and um, during that time, along those same lines, how refreshing is it to see Dante Thornton actually looking comfortable? Oh man, he's playing really well right now. Like it's bizarre how a kid can go from completely uncomfortable playing the slot to sliding outside five feet and all of a sudden being totally fine. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, he. I hope. I hope we, the next three games. I hope we see the same Dante Thornton that has been there the last two games, for the next three games. Because man, oh man, they need him bad against Missouri and Georgia. They need him. But this week, we are all Rebels fans. We are all Ole Miss fans. Um, I I know Lane is not a super popular guy in East Tennessee, but. Uh, we need him to take it to Georgia. Um, I don't like, I don't like that. It's at night. I don't like that. Um, Mm -hmm. but I hope, I hope that they're able to take care of business. Um, if Ole Miss beats Georgia and we do, and, and we beat Missouri, then we control our own destiny at that point. Um, but it has to, Ole Miss has to beat Georgia or it's over. Um, if if Georgia wins this week, they're SEC's champs. And so, you know, I, we got to – they got to come through. They got to come through. Rustin, any last thoughts uh, about anything, all the Vol stuff that's happening before we go into uh, this week? Uh you know, we said it last year around this time, but here we are saying it again. I mean, we've got a seven and two football team that's going to finish somewhere in the top 20, um, going to play in a good bowl game. Could even, who knows, could end up being nine and three, 10 and two, playing in a really good bowl game. Um, you know, we've got a basketball team that multiple national media people have been tweeting out tonight that they're picking them to be in the final four. I mean, just crazy. The women's team is is going to be very good. They'll be very, very competitive. Um, unfortunately, LSU and Iowa are both just ridiculously loaded. Um, LSU is probably going to win the national championship again. Um, you know, and we've got baseball and softball starting up soon, and both of those teams are going to be really, really strong. Um, so it's kind of like last year. We're kind of sitting here going – literally every major team on campus is just ridiculously good and how fun is that makes it easy to talk about absolutely it's an everything school just like the shirt says um zach said uh he'll give his prediction in the comments section so on instead of joining us thursday because he's got to work zach we appreciate it buddy uh always enjoy having you with us uh, Mr. Jones said basketball, baseball, football championships, back to back to back, <laughs> uh, sign me up. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. Carl said, this is the most beatable Georgia team we faced in a while for sure. That's true. Especially since Carson Beck has never taken a single snap inside Neyland stadium. Uh, that is 100% 
to Tennessee's advantage um, in that game. And we'll talk all about that, uh, not this Thursday, but next Thursday in our preview show for that game. But we hope everybody joins us this Thursday because this Thursday we'll have quite a lot to talk about. We'll have a preview show for Missouri, but we will also be recapping um, the men's team's first game because they play on Monday and Friday. And we'll be recapping the women's team's first two games because they play Tuesday and Thursday. And their second game uh, on Thursday will be done before we go live. So uh, we'll be having a lots of st- lots of stuff to talk about. So, uh, uh, yeah, amen, Carl. Carl said, "Exciting times, so much better than oh no, we suck again." <laughs> uh, good water boy reference. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. And let's see. Zach said, "Love this brotherhood." Good night. Absolutely, man. We love it too. Uh, we enjoy getting to talk with everybody so much. Uh, so we hope everybody has a great evening. I hope everybody has a great week ahead of you. Hopefully we'll see you on Thursday night. Uh, Go Vols in all the different sports this week. And we look forward to seeing all of you back with us on Thursday. Have a great evening, everybody.